0: to the Burke United Methodist Church Sermon Series, available at burke-umc.org. Please stay tuned after the sermon for a short message about Advent. Please remain standing as you're able as I read the scripture verse. And my scripture verse this morning is, comes from Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 44, which is in your bulletin as well, correct, in the insert. In in, okay. But today I'm going to be reading out of the Pew Bible. Again, Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. But about that day and an hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were so, will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the... The flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming he would have stayed away and would not have left, let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This be the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Again, as I mentioned earlier, Advent means in Latin the word video and ad. Video means coming and ad the word to. So, Advent is coming to or to coming, looking forward to what is coming. We wait with anticipation and we celebrate Jesus Christ, first coming to the world, but we wait with anticipation for his second coming. But like I said earlier, we can't have the second coming, if we didn't have the first and Advent we celebrate Christ's birth but we prepare ourselves for Christ coming in final victory again it's part remembrance but it's part anticipation as well so I want you to think about this for a minute. We wait for the Lord's coming. We wait for the next thing to happen. And I ask you this. Have you ever taken a journey and know that that journey was coming up and you prepared yourself for it? You anticipated, like... Uh, We said, I'm sorry, I lost a lost train of thought. Um, we said earlier, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. But we waited for that family to come in. We waited for different events to happen. We, when we go on a journey, we got to prepare ourselves for that journey. And we wait with anticipation on that journey. And even while we're on that journey, and I know I've said this, and I know my kids have said it, and I know my grandkids have said it, because I've heard them say it. We wait with anticipation, but we ask the question, are we there yet? Right? Okay, all right. So we're on this journey. Now, again, we've all been on a journey. We've all been someplace. We've all gone on a physical journey. Maybe it's to visit family and friends. Maybe it's to go to some place you've never been before. In fact, some of those things you really look forward to. You know, I remember just this last summer when I had to move my son to New York. I really didn't look forward to that journey because I had preconceived ideas of what New York was going to be like. And when I got up there, it wasn't the way it is. But I anticipated what was going to happen. And I anticipated what it was going to be like. You know, my brother, before he passed away, his journey's. His goal before he, he, he died was to go to every part of the country. And he planned out trips. That he went up to the northeast for a summer. He went to the southeast for a summer. We lived in New Mexico for a while, so he didn't have to go there. But again, my point is, he went on these journeys. He went on these physical journeys. And we go on physical journeys as well. But again, maybe it's to go someplace you've never been before. Maybe it's to see family and friends. Maybe to go experience something new and different. You know, like when I went to New York, I wanted to experience New York pizza. True New York pizza. That OK, yeah, yeah, New York style pizza at Pizza Hut. That's not New York pizza. You know what I'm saying? Okay? But I want to experience something new. So, I anticipated what that New York pizza was going to be like. And to be honest, it wasn't very good. Okay? But that's not my point. My point is that we go on these physical journeys. And we've all been on those journeys and we've been to some really great praise places. And we've really, and we've been some not so great places. But nevertheless, we've been on those journeys. But what I want to talk about this morning is not more the physical journey, but the spiritual journey. Our faith journey. Just like our physical journeys, we're on that journey right now. Some of us. Some of us may be at the rest area right? But some of us may be still at home packing, and some of us may be halfway down the road, right? Yes. In our spiritual journeys, we've been to some great places. I remember having a mountaintop experience on my Emmaus walk, but I also remember some low places, like when my brother passed and I lost other family members and friends or when I really didn't understand what Jesus Christ had done for me. So we've been in some high places and we've been in some low places. Amen. And we're all on a different spiritual journey. Each and every single one of us here. Thank God you're here, but each and every one of us are in a different place with your spiritual journey but wherever that journey takes us we all start in a different spot but we have anticipation of ending that journey together in heaven amen wherever you are in your journey My hope and prayer is that journey today takes you a little bit farther. Takes you a little closer to Christ. Maybe this journey is taking you somewhere that you've really longed for, but you've never gotten there. Maybe you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe you need to do that today. Or maybe you need to ask God for direction in that? The answer to that is fairly easy, but think about, and, I, and as I was writing this, I thought about my Emmaus experience and my mountaintop experience. And I thought about what I first felt and thought when I became a follower of Jesus Christ. And I thought, all right, Mike, there you were, started that journey in 2004. It's 15 years later. Where are you now? I ask you, where are you now compared to where you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? But wherever you are, remember that you're not alone. It may be a long journey and the destination is far off. But remember that God is with you all along the way. God will travel with you as long as you ask him to get the car. Amen? Amen. As we journey through this Advent season, we are the family of God. And while each and every one of us may be on a little bit different journey, we're all going to gather together. We all need to pray for each other. We all need to have not necessarily the same experience because we're on a different journey. But we need to be with each other and support each other wherever that journey may take us. That journey, you may be very anxious. Like I said, I didn't really want to go to New York. Right? I was very anxious about that. Some of us are anxious uh, for are we really even going to get there? Is my car going to break down before I get there? We worry about our health. Right? Amen. But understand that while our health here on earth is important, it's temporary. Yes. And when we pass away, from this earth we arrive at our final destination of heaven. Amen? Amen. So again, we may be anxious and because of that anxiousness, we may want to just stay where we are. The status quo. Not not move. Don't go. I'm not going to go on that trip. I'm just going to stay right here. Some of us are looking forward to that journey. Some of us are looking forward to that peace and that rest that will come. Some we just want the journey to be over. Others are content to enjoy the ride. Journeys will impact us different ways. But even with the best intentions that we have, we're still going to ask, are we there yet? In this season of Advent, wherever you are in that journey, we ask that God breaks into our reality, that God travels with us on our journey, and let us hope that God remains in charge. You know, that's one thing on an Emmaus walk. There's a sign that a poster that a tapestry that's that's placed in the in the room that says Jesus Christ is in charge here. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is in charge here. Yes. And while we're on that journey, we have the hope that Jesus Christ is and will be. In charge. Now, in our text this morning, it really doesn't talk about hope. It talks about just the status quo, like I was just saying a minute ago. That we go about our busy lives, and the people that Matthew was talking to were going along their very busy lives not really thinking about God. And not really thinking about what journey they were on. They were just there, doing their thing, not even noticing that plans were being made, that the reservations were in place, and their travel snacks were purchased. We all done that, right? Amen. They're too busy to pay attention, too focused on the task at hand to understand that the bus is about to leave. In this gospel lesson, Matthew is calling the people to go on that journey. He's asking them to wake up and pay attention to what's going on. Now, the things that those people were doing back then and the things that we do in our daily lives are not necessarily bad. They're not anti-faith things, you know, but, you know, we, we live out our lives. We eat, we drink, we share lives, we have relationships, we work hard, whether it be in the field, whether it be in the mill, whether it be punching a time clock, whether it's doing paperwork, whether it's fixing things around the house, whatever it may be. Those are all things that we have to do every day. And we have a to-do list. And sometimes, myself included, we get caught up in that to-do list. I do a to-do list every day. And I know that if I don't get that to-do list done, I feel unsuccessful. So i work hard on those to-do lists. But when I do that, I often miss opportunities to share love, grace, and mercy of Christ. You know, in my job, I see kids every day. I have 120 kids go through my classroom every day. And I've got a curriculum that I follow, and things that I have to teach, and things that I have to do. And I checklist, done it, done it, done it. But when I get into that rut of just doing checklists, checklist, I miss sharing the relationship of Christ with my students. But instead of doing a to-do list, Jesus wants to have a pay attention list. In our scripture it says, you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an unexpected hour. No matter where you're at on your journey, you and I need to be ready to take that journey. But here's the key. We get so wrapped up in our daily lives if we forget that there's another task at hand. A task to prepare for the journey. A journey that will last for eternity. A journey we cannot take without hope of things to come. Now, in our Old Testament lesson this morning from Isaiah, it says that it's not a list, it's a reality. It's a vision, a dream, a glance into unreality. It's a vision of hope, a vision of hope that we can use as a guide. We can make the choice to journey toward our realization of that dream that could change how we live out our world today. Go back and read Isaiah, it's in, it's in, it's in, your, it's in your, your bulletin. Advent is about anticipating what's on the horizon. Something greater than we can imagine on our own. Something that speaks of God breaking into the world we know. The season, the message, the calls of our community to choose the way of hope. Choose the way of hope in our homes, in our communities, on the internet, are all just beginning points. From there, the season calls us to be having an influence on the way that hope and peace provides, to call for hope in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our government, and in our communities. It calls us to have hope for change for things to come. It has hope for us to stand on policy issues. It has hope that we can stand on the word of God. Because God is always with us. He's he's constant. He's going to be with us on our journey. But if we take that journey just here and now, we'll be just doing a to-do list. But if we take a journey of hope, A journey of what is going to come. Then we can move forward. We can move closer to our relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we go through this season of Advent, as we anticipate what is to come, walk the path of hope. I hope you will take the journey with me during this Advent season. Amen. Isn't this sanctuary beautiful? Yes, it is. So beautiful. Um, So, um, a few things about Advent. Advent literally means coming. We prepare, during this time of Advent, we prepare our hearts for Jesus' coming. As we celebrate the Christmas season of his arrival over 2,000 years ago. But we also must prepare our hearts for his second coming. And that is really what Advent is all about. But also understand that we cannot have the second coming without having the first one. Without having the birth of Jesus Christ. During this time, we are going to do some Old Testament learning and we're going to do some New Testament learning. In the Old Testament, for thousands of years, they prayed for the coming of the Messiah and the long expectations and long waiting of the Savior at Christmas. And if you read the Psalms, if you read the Old Testament, there's a lot in there about waiting on the Lord and asking for the Lord to come into their lives. But that is exactly what we should be doing now in the New Testament. A time for reflection, a time of preparation, a time for asking the Lord our God to come into our lives. it is a time to proclaim God's love and to understand God's love as he sent his only begotten son to us to be born a humble birth in a stable but also to understand that even though it was a humble birth it was the birth of a king and this king came to earth to teach us the ways that lead to life eternal. And he had to suffer and die on the cross for us to take away our sins because we are all sinners. But this Advent season is a time of hope. That's what we're going to talk about today is the hope of things to come. So as we go through this Advent season, today and for the days to come, prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, prepare your lives for the coming of Christ. Now this morning, again we said it was going to be kind of a teaching time, so I want to talk about two things that we look at or we we deal with, with 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 the Advent season. The first of which is the Advent wreath. Here in just a few minutes we're going to light the first candle, the candle of hope. But the Advent wreath and the draperies and the things like that that we're using are purple. And they're purple for two reasons. One, purple represents the penitent spirit. And secondly, the royalty of Christ the King today we will light a candle of hope then peace then love and finally joy in the center of the candle is Christ's candle that we will light on Christmas Eve and notice it's in the center and it's in the center for a reason it's there as a symbol of God being the center of our lives, and that all that we do are because of God being the center of our lives. The other thing that I wanted to point out is the beautiful greenery all around the room the greenery of the evergreens. The evergreens. Is probably much the pretty much, you know, we live in the piney woods of East Texas where we have evergreens all around us, you know, and you hear people say, Well, this is God's country. Well, it is God's country, Amen. amen. Okay, but the evergreens have been used for ages, even before Christ was born, the Romans used evergreens as an emblem of peace, of joy, and victory. And then after Christ came, and the Christianity movement came about, Christians placed evergreens in their windows, and on their doorsteps, and in their homes, to represent that Christ had entered their home. And just like Christ is the center of us, God is the center of our universe and of ourselves, the evergreens never change. The Lord our God never changes. So the evergreens, when you see the evergreens... Think about the Lord our God that never changes. Now, as we go throughout this Advent season, I'm going to point out every week a couple different things about about the Advent season. But those those are the two that I wanted to talk about this morning. So, back to the Advent wreath. I'd ask Melba to come up. And we are going to light the first candle, the candle of hope. Every journey faces the unknown, and anxiety can sometimes overwhelm us. There is too much to do, our lists are long, our calendars are filled up. We worry that something will go wrong, or we won't end up in the right place or take the right route. Getting lost is a real possibility on a journey. And yet, we claim hope for the journey because we follow the (coughs) one who will travel with us and sustain us on the way. Isaiah says that there is one who is to come who will be the fulfillment of our hope. The spirit of the Lord will rest on this one, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We place our hope in this one. Now, another little teaching moment is talking about the crispons. And crispon means Christ monogram. The colors of the crispons are gold and white. White is the liturgical color for joy, purity, and perfection. And gold represents the Lord's majesty. And glory. A few of the crisp bonds we will look at are, first of all, the cross. Oops. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right, the anchor. I'm wrong. Okay? In Hebrews 6 and 19, it says, When you have trials arise in your life, you have an anchor to keep you steady on the troubled sea of life. The anchor is Jesus Christ. The next one is the cross. Galatians 6 and 19. The cross is the emblem of our Christian faith. We kneel at the foot of the cross of Jesus and we are forgiven of all of our sins. The next is the Alpha and the Omega. In Revelations 1.8 I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And lastly today, the cup. Scripture verses, 1 Corinthians 11:25. 25. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So again, every week we're going to do a couple more Chris is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So again, just a little bit more Thank teaching. you for listening to the Burke United Methodist Church Sermon Series, available at burke-umc.org.